Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Coxie. Was. Listener. (laughs) (laughs) Wake up. Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast. I should have said that faster. Really fast. It's like you're playing it on warp speed. Well, we were just doing that before. We were were reviewing what we talked about in part one of the uh, Builder Special. Mm -hmm. And this is part two. I like that. I'm not even going to edit anything fancy into that. You don't. You, my Yours voice was, is okay. It'll Yours do the job. Totes professional. <laughs> <laughs> totes. So part one of the Builder Special. If you haven't listened to it, it's definitely worth going back and having a listen to what we talked about there with sales process. So how to win a hundred percent of your quotes, and uh, you know we we chatted through. I guess this problem that a lot of well trade businesses, not just builders, have of doing lots of running around, quoting and not winning enough work, um, wasting lots of time, getting told that, yeah, sorry, mate, we went with the other bloke and, uh, oh, we're just waiting on two more quotes before we make a decision. Mm. So we ran through probably a fundamental change to a lot of people's business that would uh, improve that and help you win, maybe not 100%, but certainly a heck of a lot more than you might be winning currently. But we're not going to talk about any more of that today. Well, we're sort of going to explode that a little bit, aren't we, Coxie? We are. We're going to dig into that sales deep process. Deep dive. Deep dive. I think, I think the real cool talk's deep dive. Deep dive, right, yep. eh? That's what all the pros are saying. <laughs> we're gonna, Let's deep dive into this. We're going to pop on the scuba gear and go deep diving <laughs> into uh, into what? Not sales process. We're no, we're going to talk about the quote. Yeah, because it's, it's like this key part of the sales process mm-hmm. And oh, I don't think many trade businesses do it very well, to be honest. I don't think so either. Oh, I'm probably going out on a limb People a little are bit there. I hate you now. Oh, that's nothing new. No. That's uh, <laughs> what we do. <laughs> I'm used to it. But, but it is. It's this um, piece of paper or an email, uh, usually not very detailed, and uh, it gets sent through via an email. And. Um, that's it, really. And then it's the hope and pray approach. Mm-hmm. We might call you back in three days' time to ask whether you want to go with us or not, but that's about it. And the number of tradies that we talk to, that's Coxie and I, that have sent all these quotes out and are just waiting. Mm-hmm. No men's land. It's like a desert out there. Christmas, Easter, inspiration. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But there's no real clarity about what happens next. No. Or even how to do that differently or better. Absolutely. So there is a better way, isn't there, Coxie? There is a better way, and we're going to deep dive into the better way. <laughs> what is a better way? Let's talk about the quote for starters. Can we start there? Yeah. A lot please. of um, the questions I get from consumers who want to understand what the process is is about what their quote should look like. And obviously, this is very dependent on what part of the industry you're working in. And we're kind of framing this around talking to builders today, but you can take the same lessons no matter which part of the trade industry you're in. For a builder, I tell my clients they should expect no less than eight pages. Mm, okay. Right. So, that's a lot of information. But 
the idea of all of that information is a the transparency so you are preserving who you are as a business and your authenticity and your honesty within that detail secondly Sorry, if you're a client out there, stop listening now. (laughs) Inside information. Absolutely. For the builder, it gives the opportunity for somebody who gets two quotes to look at the other quote and think, oh, well, I can't see anything written about X, Y, Z. Does that mean that X, Y, Z isn't allowed for? It builds in some uncertainty Uh, when comparing it against another quote. Alternatively, if you get two eight-page quotes next to one another, you should be able to see what's what and understand what it is that you're paying for. So... You want some great information within that quote. Now, I'm not suggesting that you separate materials and labor and all of those things and give away all of your secrets. I'm simply saying that you get some real clear, strong information about what it is that's included in your quote. Mm. And you, if you've got to fluff that out to make it eight pages, okay, you know, it's a small reno, maybe eight pages is a little bit ambitious. You can, though, fluff it out with a bit of extra padded information that they're obviously not going to get off somebody else. Mm. And even uh, stepping out in the quote, more of the process. Yes. The of of the build. Absolutely. You know, or of the project, whatever that. Is. Even if it is a little deck extension, uh, it's still sort of laying out what the key components are. Um, even using it as a uh, you know, a marketing document, really. Absolutely. Because it's a conversion tool. It's mm. not a price. No. You're not giving people a price. No. The the quote document. And, and I like to change the name of it to proposal. Yes, that's how we term them. Because we're proposing that, you know, this is what we're going to do for you. Whereas a quote is a price. That's a mm. number. Mm. Quote's so, a number. totally true. That's what the plumber gives to the builder. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a different story, right? Yeah, the builder goes and gets quotes from all the sub-trades. Correct. So, he can put together a proposal mm-hmm. <laughs> to complete the project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seems like a small thing, but just... Shifting the headspace around what it is that you're actually giving to the client, um, I think makes a big difference in starting to think about, ah, so I need to put in here about, you know, our client communication policy and, you know, past jobs, even throw some testimonials in there, um, which, you know, my wife and I have chosen a builder. Uh, to build our house and his has testimonials there's photos of other jobs there's little snippets from past clients quotes from them saying you know about about his process and how he communicated with them and um, I think his well his uh, pack that he gave us for the prelim estimate this isn't Mm -hmm. even like the final quote Mm -hmm. pre-contract there must be like 20 pages there's spare lists and inclusions and uh you know examples of of um, doors and tapware and all sorts of stuff so it's very comprehensive and it means that we're actually able to go through that and have a look at well are we happy with his level of inclusion yes based on the price that he's given us at the end of that document mm. um and because of all of that, it's like, oh, yeah, well, he's included this. And, oh, wow, it's got this in there. Exactly. Uh, oh, it allows for that. Or, oh, it doesn't allow for this. But that's okay because we can, you know, we're not really, we don't really need this toilet suite. So, you know, we can probably save a bit of money there or put carpet in the bedrooms. And so already we're starting to look at how we can massage his proposal. Yes. Not, oh, well, that's it then. We need to go to get another quote. Absolutely. 
And actually, you make that that's probably segues into a point I'd like to make. Regardless of how many pages there are, the first thing that your client is looking for is that end price. So put it at the front. And and do you know what he did really well when mm-hmm. we sat down with him over coffee? He said, okay, so I know you want to know the number, so I'm just <laughs> going to tell you what that is straight away, and then we can have a chat through the rest of it. And that's the point, right? That's what they're looking for. Yeah. But I promise you, when you're talking about a significant investment like building a new home or renovating your home, you are going to read every single bit of information that comes with that quote. So do something a little bit different. Put a spiel on the front page, second page have your price, and then show them how you came to that price. Mm. And I think a key thing, Coxie, well, actually, I don't think a key thing um, in in my experience, and I suspect yours is very much similar, emailing a quote, <laughs> if you're still doing that and you're stop. a builder, <laughs> stop it. We need some breaks now. Stop <laughs> it. Don't email the quote. Don't, ever. Because... I don't know. I don't know what the percentages might be. I'm going to have a guess here. I would say that better than 50% of people would get sticker shock when they see the quote for their project. Of course they will because it's never what you want it to be. That number's never going to be. If I've got 500,000 to spend on something, guarantee the quote comes in at 550, 600. Yeah, always. Yes. Because as consumers, we want more for less. And the reality is more costs more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unless you're building a you know a project home with with a large project mm-hmm. builder, very different, yep. Um, which is a very trend, well, a more transactional, um, commoditized uh, relationship where it's yes. like, okay, how much for that house? Yes, it's like buying a pair of shoes almost. It is. It's very commercial. Well, it's, retail. It's a retail yeah, purchase. Yeah, because it's their plan. Correct. Their standard inclusions, like it's all there. You probably walked through the exact same house in the display village. It's like we'll have that one in blue. Yeah, exactly. So size twelve, please. Yeah, so there's the price. <laughs> Whereas for anybody else, and and you know, probably ninety nine percent of the builders that listen to the podcast here, um, you're smaller, you're more custom. Mm. Uh, you know, you're doing custom houses or you know renovations and extensions. Every job is different. So to send a price on the email for a size twelve vans, you know, off the wall shoe, <laughs> you That's you're gonna. Very hip. <laughs> well, I bought a mountain bike recently, so I'm looking at shoes. <laughs> I need some better shoes than my trail runners because they don't stick to the pedals very good. No. Um, but unless you're buying shoes or a project home, sending me a price on the email if I'm the consumer, I'm just going to look at the number and go, ooh. Yeah. That's more than I was hoping. Absolutely. I better shop around. Exactly. I'm going to go somewhere else now. And then as the builder, you wonder why people go and get three quotes. Mm-hmm. And they might still get a second opinion because they don't know how much it should cost mm-hmm. or could cost. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty normal for mm-hmm. people. Um, I don't know that I agree with that one. Yeah, okay. I think that if you've positioned your client well prior to going to the extent of preparing the quote, they almost already know what it's going to cost before you present the price. So so here's a question for you, Coxie, in, in your experience. Uh how do or, or what do our listeners need to put into the proposal and perhaps how do they go about doing that to knock out the need 
for consumers to go get a second opinion. So it's about building that relationship from the very beginning, which harks back to the previous episode about sales process. During your sales process, you're allowing your clients to get to know who you are, what your process is for the build or renovation. You're showing them transparency through your testimonials. Um, great builders will even take you through a site that they're currently working on or a previous client's home so that you're not only seeing the quality of their work, but you're getting some feedback from previous mm. clients. It's it's about establishing that trust. So if you establish that trust and then you start to pre-position them so that when I say pre-position, I mean you need to understand how much money they have, right? So if they've got $100,000 and mm. what they want is going to cost $200,000, do not even do that quote. You're never going to win it. And yeah. What you can do, though, is educate the client prior to preparing the quote so that they've either lowered their expectations of what they will receive or they understand that it's not possible to get what they want for the 100 Mm -hmm. or they understand that I need to find another 100 to get exactly what I want. Yep. So you have to put some work into that beginning part of the relationship. Now, that doesn't actually need to take a lot of time. It can be done with sending on information like blog posts or sending on um, leaflets with your testimonials or like you're saying, the pack that you first received when Mm -hmm. you met your builder. Mm -hmm. All of that goes to, I guess, proving who you are and that you're legitimate in the price that you're giving with Mm -hmm. that trust. Trust, that's the key word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. With the trust that you've earned, Mm. they believe you. There's no reason for them to go anywhere else because you've educated them and empowered them. The wanker word alert, but isn't that the (laughs) truth, right? You've empowered them through the process. So they totally understand that what you're giving them is a transparent price. Now, again, it also goes back to ensuring that your document is really, A, it's watertight. B, there's a lot of information. The quality of information is good. They understand what the specs are. All of that needs to be done within the quote, but then you also need to present your proposal. Mm. We talk about this a lot, don't we? Yep, absolutely. And it's, yeah, there's there's a certain choreography to presenting a proposal to yeah. a client. Uh, you don't just sort of drop it on the table. And I mean, our guy was pretty casual, but we've we've spoken to him probably four or five times before we actually sat down with the quote, mm-hmm. quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, that we that we call proposals. And um, so it was kind of a formality. You know, we'd already be- had a lot of backwards and forwards and ideas swapped and indications given. And, you know, he'd sort of said, yeah, no, look, that's, that's you know, based on your budget and what the level of space you're talking about. Um, that seems pretty reasonable. I reckon mm-hmm. we can pull that together. Um, and so really the, the number was just confirming that it's a little off, um, it's a little over, but it's not catastrophic. No. And it is amazing how quickly it isn't catastrophic because you've been educated along the way. You yeah. knew what, well, at least somewhat what to expect. Yeah. And uh, I think with the presentation of it, there's probably two different methods, right? And it depends on how much work was done based on part one of this little series in the sales process, if mm-hmm. you've done that really, really well, then it actually makes the, the proposal presentation a piece of cake. Yeah, it does. Because you can literally just pop it on the on the desk and say, so look, the, the number is this. Yes. Um, I realize that's probably a little over what you'd indicated as your budget. Um, I'll just quickly run you through the specs and the inclusions so that you're clear on what we have put into that. Um, and then at the end, if you if you're happy with that, we can sign a prelim and uh, and get going on 
you know, getting a full set of plans done and all that sort of stuff for the project. How's that fit with you guys? Perfectly. Thank you. Sign me up now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's just an example of a little positioning statement. That's so right. that you're just making sure that look, it's a little more um you know, I've included everything in here, I'll run you through it, and then if you're happy, we're going to get started so that people go, yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good, or, ooh, uh, no, we might go back to the drawing board, actually. Yeah. Which means you didn't, that means you failed part one. Exactly, you didn't do the work beforehand. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let me tell you another, everybody, from a client's perspective, they're really hesitant to give you their number. I promise you every single time that number is actually 20% less than what they have to spend. Yeah. And then they've probably got a little bit more in their back pocket because they know that they're going to have to yeah. have a contingency number as well. Yep. And that's how they're educated. If you look around online and you go to places where your clients are looking to get this information prior to starting the process, mm. they're all being told you need that 20% contingency. But good people are also suggesting that, you know, you might actually need a bit more money than you think you need. Yeah, yeah. So, remember that when they tell you, when you sit across in those first few meetings or the first few times that you speak to that client prior to presenting your proposal, understand that he might have said 250, but he actually has 275, 280, actually maybe even 300. Yeah. There's yeah. a bit of fat there that they're not telling you about. So, don't rush in to say, well, let's look at ways in which we can make this work for you. Mm-hmm. Let's not start trimming our price. No. Because it should be about raising the value up to the level Correct. of the proposal rather than immediately going into panic mode and thinking, crap, it's 20% more. Mm. I'm going to have to try and shave some margin out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was sharing with you over coffee this morning, Coxie, that uh, our guy, you know, went through it. The number's a little bigger than than uh, I'd hoped for. It's still less than our, our high number that you've just <laughs> talked about because I did exactly that. Had a little in the back pocket just in case. And, um, you know, sort of tongue in cheek said, so, you know, what are some things we can do to, to get that down? And uh, he smiled and said, you could make the house smaller. <laughs> and you know what? I liked that because he's like, he's not going to compromise his quality or his fit out or anything. Just because I want to save a few bucks. Absolutely. Um, so on the strength of that, we pretty much decided there and then, it's like, well, this is the guy we want to build our house because yeah. he's not going to compromise on what's important to him, on his values, which are why we picked him in the first place. Exactly. So I think uh, there's too much of a race to give a price, not a quote, Yes. Um, to give a price and then sweat bullets when the client says, oh, it's a little high and think that we have to start cutting stuff out. That's right. Again, if you've put enough work into the sales process, the end figure actually doesn't matter because they'll be so desperate to work with you by the end of it that they'd signed up in their head at the start. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, look, I think we said it last time, it will revolutionize your business. It yeah. really will. If you can put these things in place and do them well, you will change everything about your business because it starts right with the pre-positioning on your website, your social media, etc., all the way through to the day that you hand over the keys and beyond that. This process for the entire it is exactly that. It's about the entire process through working with you. Mm. It's not about the singular things we're talking about. It's not just about the sales process. It's not just about presenting the quote and what that should look like. It's not just about what you do during the build to make sure your client remains happy. And mm. it's not just about what you do at the end of the build to make sure your client's happy. Yeah. It's not about those individual parts. It's about the entire process. Absolutely. And look, how, how the proposal gets presented 
in a lot of ways determines how much money you're going to make on the job. Because if you're already starting to chop things out at the the proposal stage before you've signed a contract, mm. then that sets the tone for the whole build. Mm. And you'll be constantly under pressure from the client to keep costs down, to cut variation yes. amounts, to, shape you know, this, oh, that. but you said, yes. oh, but you said, because, you know, you've, you've kind of, you've played a certain hand there if, if you're willing to drop your rates mm. from the first meeting really then that sets the expectation for mm. the rest of the relationship yeah i totally agree and you know as much as i would have loved this guy to say well you know i could probably knock 10 grand off for you um i actually like the fact that he didn't because mm. it means he's not going to be cutting corners elsewhere either that's exactly right so you've got to remember that your behavior actually communicates a whole lot more to your clients than just trying to win the work by dropping your pants on the price. Yeah. Um, because I'm pretty sure if, if you're a builder listening to this, you would have done that in the past at least once. <laughs> of course. And I'm going to take a stab and say that that didn't end well for you. It never does. It yeah. sets about that whole house of cards falling down, doesn't it? Yeah, they didn't make enough money on the project. Mm. It cost you money. They were a nightmare client. You know, all sorts of issues there. You got stung with the sub-trades because you didn't factor things in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all human. So, yeah, that... That proposal slash quote uh, and, you know, what's in it, how you present it, um, and I guess the tone that you set with that is is um, such a massive part that we've just pulled out of the sales process. So mm. It's sort of the last part of the sales process. In some ways, it's the least important, but, um, but it, it actually is a really important first step in the last part of the process, yes. which is then what we'll talk about in part three, Coxie, which is, okay, so you've... You've got a yes. Now what? Now what? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Coxie plays some interesting uh, music. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, we might disturb some people with what we have in episode three. Part three. <laughs> I think there might be some uh, cranky. Maybe we'll not cranky. Piss a few but, people off. Oh, Ooh, I can, I, can I say that? This is a Tuesday yes. episode. I it's a tradey yeah. podcast. It's, it's going to be swearing. Are okay. Yes. F's and C's are no good. Agreed. But I, I Fords and Commodores. <laughs> <sighs> Will we annoy them? I don't know, but it's going to change the way they think. Then, and they might not like what I say. It's it's prob- it's certainly different to how a lot of people in the industry are doing things. Oh, most definitely. But you know, <laughs> and I know, because we know what we're talking about. Yeah. But we, oh, know, we know when we see people that do differently, what a difference yeah. that makes. Oh yeah, and look, we've, satisfaction we've levels got, go through the roof. Yeah, oh, totally. We got we got trade desk members that are doing this stuff and seeing the the change and the results straight away mm. like it's the time frame mm. to see the benefit of changing the way you do things uh is is almost instant so um yeah Just tune in for part three yeah let's That's have a quick word on prelim agreements because <laughs> i think they're underutilized yeah yeah yep so you've presented the quote sorry proposal well i take it back a step further than that yeah. and i see i think prelim agreements can work in a few different crucial parts depending on your business and how you structure your sales process mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but for us we use them before well most of our work i suppose was just a cold client call i'm interested in working with you do you have plans no we don't we're custom home builders so we'll come out and we'll discuss that with you blah 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 mm-hmm. We would start the prelim agreement after we've started those first initial conversations so that we got the plans drawn. Mm-hmm. 
we had the en- engineering done, blah, blah, all of that stuff. Everyone knows what I'm talking about, but it means that you can actually give a full quotation rather than just an estimate based on mm. mud map plans. Yep. Yep. So I think that a prelim agreement can work really well then to factor in a, the time that you're going to be spending doing the final quote. Mm-hmm. You're, you get to, I guess, market yourself through the process of getting the plans done. Yeah. It's a great way to establish a relationship really early on. You need you have that opportunity, I suppose, to figure out whether you actually want to work with this person or not. Mm. But you're being paid for the time you're spending on this part of the process. Hang on, so you're charging for this? Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> charging for quotes. So so I sign a prelim agreement with you before I even get a quote. Yep. As a as a consumer. Absolutely. Jeez. Mm. Does, anyone, does anyone do that? They do. Get out only of a few. Town. <laughs> <laughs> So what if uh, and and look, our, our guy did it the way that I suppose I've seen a lot of successful trade businesses do this across all industries, not just building, mm. is sign a prelim. There's a fee attached, but it's waived unless Correct. we don't proceed with that builder. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so it's known how much the fee is, whether it's six hundred or two grand or whatever it is. Like, so there's a fee for us to go and do the plans and come back to you with a proper quote. If you don't proceed with the build with us, then we'll give you an invoice for that because obviously we've done work, we've given you advice, we've prepared plans. Um, and I think most people understand that that's reasonable. Yeah, they do. Of you course know, they consumers, do. Consumers, I mean, yes, most yeah. consumers understand that. And if they don't, do you want to work with them? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that's an important step, Coxie, and it's one that most people leave out. Yeah, I guess because tra- as tradies, we're all taught to... Do the work for nothing. Mm. To Do win the, the job. quote for the cheapest price. Yep. Get the job done and then sit up all night long stressed because you don't know how you're going to pay the bills. Yeah, because you didn't allow enough for this and yeah. you didn't factor that in and yep. the client isn't willing to pay for this because it's not in the push, contract. Push. And yep. Yeah. It's all those things. So prelim agreements work really well. Mm. You'll get paid for your time. At least some of your time. It won't be... To the the hour, but you know you will get a significant amount of what you're putting into it, and you can credit that back. It's it's almost like I find people that sign a prelim agreement are almost ready to sign that next step before you've even done the plans because yep. they they understand your process, the the structure around the process feels comfortable. They know what to expect. You keep delivering on those expectations. It's again, it's just part of your sales process. Yeah. And you know, if they're willing to commit to that, then chances are you've got them on the hook anyway. Absolutely, because they're not going to do that with everyone else. Oh, can I make a point? Go for it. <laughs> this is going to piss a few <laughs> people off. When you do the plans with your client, there's going to be to and fro, and I look forward to hearing all about it. <laughs> Hello at tradiesandbusiness.com.au. Yes, I'm turning my email off this week. <laughs> <laughs> but you would say the same as me because you've just come through the process. Uh-huh. Don't be a stingy builder and not give the plans to the client. Yeah, it's just poor form and it's telling the whole world that you are that terrible tradie that everybody says that you are. It's, yeah. it's just a bit shit. So, so you're talking about the whole, you know, copyright remains the yes, property of XYZ it's Builder. it's rubbish. Look, yeah. and I understand there's a place for that when we're talking project builders, et cetera, et cetera. But if your client has invested in having the plans done and they've paid for those plans, let them take them. Yeah. Really? They're going to go shop you out anyway. Of course they are. Like, they'll just remove your name from the bottom and give it to someone else. Of course they will. <laughs> and then they'll I change do. it by the required 20% <laughs> and they get it anyway. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. We recently heard a story 
I shared it somewhere. We recently heard a story of somebody that we know very well who had invested a massive amount of money. It was like 40 or 80K on their plans. Wow. I think it was They 40. must have been impressive plans. Um, it was quite a lot of money in, on their plans. It, it, it's somebody that we both know. And they had this mm, designer or architect uh-huh. turn around and there was a bit of a difference of opinion. And the architect wouldn't give the plan. Whoa. So, even though they'd paid all that money. Yeah, all that money. And so they then spent more money on a legal battle, but unfortunately it was a clause within the contract they didn't get the plans. I'm you can't remember who, who it is. is no, <laughs> I'm thinking, I know I've heard this story, but I can't remember who it is and it really sucks. Mm. Uh, no, I can't remember. They did. Uh, <laughs> there was a bit of cheeky payback when they bought the uh, billboard above the company's business. Right. Still not jogging any memory, am I? No, I'm remembering the the I'm remembering the parts of the story, <laughs> but I don't remember the person behind it. But anyway, it's a shit story. Well, th- that's the point, right? So that person now has this dreadful reputation of something that they've done, and they've paid for the work, right? Yeah, they've yeah. paid for your designer, your architect, your drafty to do the plans. Just give them the plans. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. Maintain your integrity. I know it's crazy. Hmm. It's just it's a scarcity mentality, isn't it? And I think it's because they don't have a process in place. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I've got to protect my, yes. my plans. Yes. But that's not the value. That's not what people are paying for. Mm-mm. And if you do want to do it that way, you know what you need to do? You just need to have standard plans. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Or go into business as a plan seller. Because that's really, <laughs> like, if that's what you're doing, if you're going to charge me money and then keep the plans, it's like, oh, so you sell plans. Mm. That's your business you're in. That's all we do. It's it's a wrong focus. Yes. Anyway, that was my little ranty. Mm, I don't I like, like that. I like it. Good. So, part two, we done? We good? I think so. That's about part two. It's just quote, proposal, change the way you do it, change your languaging, change your headspace around it. Don't email them. Please don't email them. Please don't. Um, hand, at least hand deliver it for smaller jobs. Just drop in and say, hey, here's the thing. Can I, you got Let's five minutes. I'll run yes. you through it. If it's if it's a job over five grand or ten grand, I'd be sitting down for twenty thirty minutes at least. And mm. if it's a house or a reno or a decent extension, you want to spend an hour or so. Yeah, put some time into that. You know, show them that you actually give a toss about their job and Absolutely. run them through it and explain it and make sure they're happy and comfortable and all that. And then ask for the order. Yeah. Ask for the sale at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid to ask yeah. for the sale. Actually, that's a really valid point. Don't be afraid. You're the expert. They expect you to be, this is a transaction. They're mm. expecting you to ask You're for the sale. leading them through your mm. process. So you get to the end of that and say, so guys, all we need to do to get started is a prelim, well, a second prelim or, you know, however you're going to run that because you can get pretty detailed with, with the steps. Um, and then, you know, we can put together the, the working drawings and, you know, go to the next step. So... Uh, how's that fit with you guys? Great. Sign me up. Cool. Now, if you haven't <laughs> signed up to the Tradies in Business what a segue. group on hey? Facebook, Hello. you should totes do that too. Totes. Yeah. You're got, a real hipster. Well, I got the trendy haircut. You do uh, have a trendy haircut. <laughs> looks great. <laughs> we'll have to put a photo up now. An updated photo of Warwick's yeah, trendy yeah. haircut. I've got, I got rid of the boof. And, These hipster uh, shoes. Yes. In my hipster shoes. I have, a, I have a former client who has the exact same shoes and it's very off-putting when I catch up with him for lunch these days. Oh, really? And we both wear the same shoes. The builder wears them as well. <laughs> vans oh, are all the go. They must be good. They must be good. I know. So, if you're a builder out there and you're wondering, go and get some vans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you can ride your skateboard to it. <laughs> <laughs> Grow your hair long. 
<laughs> My kids are wearing Vans now too. So like you're mega hipster, you guys. Yeah, uh, and I'm in the mountain bike scene. Yeah, I'm happening. not sure about that one. I'm aging backwards. I look forward to the I'm call from your wife <laughs> saying, oh, I'm afraid Warwick can't make you five o'clock yeah, today. He won't be podcasting today. He's in, in the emergency department. Again. Touch wood. Yes. Uh, laminated as the builder said. Well, is it even wood? That's probably MDF. Anyway, <laughs> uh, go join the Tradies in Business group on Facebook. Uh, if you're not there, why not? Um, cool stuff happening in there. We've passed 1,200. I know. We're approaching 1,300. I know. It's really exciting. There's been a, there's been a tidal wave of tradies. They there all is. found out about the Tradies in Business group. About time. Free group. Heaps of value. There's there's dead set 1,200 other trade business owners in there all swapping ideas and notes. It's a really cool group. Very positive. No trolls. Um, we've... We've uh, blocked a few people <laughs> this week yeah. who broke the rules, so they've been bounced. Um, and Coxie and I keep an eye on the sand pit to make sure everybody plays nice. Uh, but yeah, there's some awesome value in there, and we've got some cool stuff coming up in the group as well. Um, we've had <clears throat> we had a really good Q and A recently on SEO. Uh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? One of Australia's top SEO trainers. Uh, we've got some marketing training coming up for you in that free group as well. So make sure you go over to Stalkbook and join the group. It is free. Um, you can't get much better value than that. I reckon. Maybe the podcast. What better value is there than free? I don't know. More information? Lotto. Mm. That'd be better than free, wouldn't you it? You pay for it. <laughs> yeah. It's not free. No. So anyway, go join the group and um, make sure you check out part three of the Builder Special. See you soon. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.